The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. UFC Vegas 45 Lewis and Dawkins review show starts now! Oh my God, look at that singing voice. What a gorgeous singing voice on that man. What is up, my friends? Welcome to the final preview show of the year. We thank you for joining us. This is, of course, the UFC Vegas 45 preview show here on MMA Fighting, and you already know the crew. That man, first of all, is my Arizona brother, Jose Youngs. We have the finest producer in the business, E. Casey Layden. I am Sean Oshadi, and let's get to it, fellas, because there is much to discuss here. UFC Vegas 45, it's here. We are wrapping up 2021 with a nice little bow, little final UFC card of the year, and we are closing the year out the only way we can with the big boys, Derek Lewis, Chris Dacus. Gentlemen, it's a decent card. You look up and down. I'd say there's some nice names on there. Wonder Boy, Bilal Muhammad, that's a very good co-main event, right? But let's start with the heavyweights, Derek Lewis, Chris Dawkins. You have Derek Lewis coming in here off that fairly lopsided loss in what was a really, I don't know, what do you call it? A bizarre interim title fight? Bizarre that it happened, I would say. And then on the other side of this, you have Chris Dawkins, year two of his UFC career, and he's already getting thrown to the wolves out here. Jose, I'll throw it to you first. What's the intrigue here for this main event for you? What's the storyline or the question that really you're keeping an eye on the most? Uh, I would say that what I'm most, mostly intrigued is – it's just uh, how would I say this new new blood at the top of the heavyweight division? I would say I want to see if Chris Dawkins can really kind of crack that top five because I feel like that we've been going around in circles for a lot for a bit. I think the addition of Jairzinho after he knocked out Alistair Overeem was kind of a breath of fresh air, but then he's he's kind of laid an egg in a few fights uh, and got decapitated by Francis Ganu as you do inside the octagon. Uh, but Chris Dawkins, <laughs> I think was, was I think Chris Dawkins was tabbed. It's like him, Tom Aspinall. Um, who's the the crazy Russian guy that like chokes people out with his biceps or or forearms, I should say, uh, Romanov, like yeah. all these guys at the heavyweight division. Because for years it was always like the heavyweight division is like the guys that are like you know on the other side of thirty five. Uh, they don't have to cut weight so they can la- they can like last they can last longer like their fighting careers. 
they might not be the most technical fighters, but they can hit really hard and put you to sleep with the touch of with, with the touch of death. I mean, I think even Corey Sanhagen, he was on the A side once. And he even said he doesn't like watching MMA fighting because there really is no technicality. It's just you can go in there and touch a guy on the chin, and the person's all of a sudden taking a nap inside in front of thirty thousand people. But I think with the addition of Cyril Gon, Tom Aspinall, Dawkins, Romanoff, this is these are all different breeds of heavyweight. Each one is a completely different style of fighting. And of course, Derek Lewis is the very definition of that old guard of the M of the UFC heavyweights. Big guy doesn't look like Cyril Ghan or Francis Ngannou uh, touches you and you go to bed. Funny guy. I think top five sound clip creator in UFC history. So uh, <laughs> intrigue for me is, is probably about an eight and a half out of 10 solely because I want to see if Chris Dawkins can finally <clears throat> give new blood to the top five of the UFC heavyweight division. It's funny. I'm glad that you mentioned the the state of this division, right? Because it is, it does feel fresh and interesting in a way that we really haven't seen for a pretty long time, I would say. And, and I like that you mentioned Tom Aspinall because I want to circle back to that in a second. But first, Derek Lewis, you said it, the old guard. I mean, Casey, you look at this man. He is 36 years old. He has been around at this point seemingly forever. Like you know exactly what you're going to get when you have Derek Lewis in a main event. You get swinging and banging. You get big knockouts. Lots of just kind of standing up when someone's <laughs> trying to grapple him. Uh, but overall, you look at his body of work in the UFC, it's actually underrated in my mind. It has been for a long time, right? 24 appearances. He's won 16 of those. He's tied for the most KOs in UFC history. He wins more than he loses. And I, I mean, hell, every time you count him out, I counted him out against Curtis Blades earlier this year. He goes and knocks him out. And yet here we are, once again, going down the only road we ever know. He is the underdog coming into this fight, he just is. like always. He's the underdog. He's been the underdog in eight of his last ten fights. Wow. Does it surprise you this time? Because I have to admit, I'm a little surprised this time. Like, this man just fought for an interim title. Is it surprising that he's an underdog? Um, I mean, this is a what have you done for me lately type of sport, and we just remember him you know, losing to a, a much more technically sound fighter in Cyril Gaon. I think we were all kind of – I think there were, there were a good amount of people that picked Gaon to beat um, Lewis, but I think in such – the way he just kind of deconstructed Lewis and made Lewis just kind of a shell of himself and just he couldn't do any – did Lewis even land anything significant? Significant in that strike versus gone? It was, no, it was, not really. Yeah, pretty much a shutout. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, and um, Dawkins, this is a giant, a giant step up in competition, and that's why it's a great fight. This is a great main event. Um, usually, I kind of frown upon uh, throw the heavyweights at the top of the card, but this one's legit. Dawkins is um, he's uh, he's thirty. Wait, he's thirty two, thirty three, something. So he's 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 in his prime athletically, but young for heavyweights. Um, so yeah, I just like this fight a lot. Um, and I, I am surprised just because of how much popular Lewis is, but like I said, um, is Dawkins surreal gone? I don't think so, but, um, that's what, they're, that's what we're going to find out. And I, apparently a lot of betters think that just, you know, being a, I, I guess a faster technical striker is the way to beat, uh, Derek Lewis. And it's not wrestling anymore. It's just, you just, you just have to be a better striker and just don't swing and bang with him. Cause if you swing and bang, you will lose to Derek Lewis. Jose, are you? Do those odds feel right to you? Like, are you a little surprised that Derek Lewis continued even at this point in his career? He still can't get any respect in these type of fights. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised he's the underdog solely, like like Casey said. Uh, it's 
what what have you done for me lately and he seems to lose to these high level tech and even the fights that he's won like alexander volkov is a is a technical striker i would not describe alexander volkov as a one punch knockout kind of heavyweight he's a guy that'll keep you at at distance and kind of pitter patter you into oblivion and he was what like two minutes away from beating Derek Lewis until Derek Lewis, as he does, touches you on the chin and you die. So if if Chris Dawkins can do that for 25 minutes inside of a tiny octagon, let's not forget, this is a yeah. real tiny octagon. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. So I should say I'm surprised that those odds based solely on there's not a lot of room to move in there. If this was a giant octagon, I would probably give Chris Dawkins a little more of the edge. But I forgot Derek, Lewis can lose, Derek Lewis can lose four rounds in four minutes and still win. So anything is possible, but I'm not surprised he's the underdog. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, I also who, want to point out, too, that, that's the betting line. Uh, topology was just straight picks. More people are picking Lewis and just a straight yeah. pick him type fight. So betting odds, yeah, Dawkins, but in straight just who's going to win? Uh, 56% of fans are picking Lewis over Dawkins, which is still pretty close, but not quite. Um, he's not quite the underdog in that, in that sense. That is an interesting observation to point out, though, because you're right. I feel like those two usually correlate, right? Like if one, if the fan vote and the, the odds are usually going in a similar direction. Jose, you, you started this conversation by mentioning sort of the state of this division and the young talent coming up. And I want to key in on that for a second because you gaze around and we have a lot of young talent, a lot of prospects, but it's really two main ones that I think a lot of people focus on, right? It's, it's Chris Dawkins and then out there in England you have Tom Aspinall. Both are really, really in similar positions in their UFC career. I mean, both are 4-0, four finishes, and they feel like they're on similar paths. But the trajectories and the strategies of what how they're doing this, that's what's interesting to me because they couldn't be more different, right? You have one man out there, honestly, just being very honest with everybody about wanting to take the slow road. And that's Aspinall, obviously, wanting to work his way up very slowly. He's young in this game. And then Chris Dawkins on the other side is the complete opposite. He, he is on year two in the UFC, as we mentioned, and he's fighting our number four ranked heavyweight here in MMA fighting rankings uh, in his fifth UFC fight. So two questions for both of you guys. I mean, you look at how, how both men are treating their careers. Which road do you feel like is the smarter decision right now for where these guys are and whose future are you higher on between these two? Uh, I'll start. I it's I think it really depends. And I think the answer is Chris Dawkins is, what, 33 32 and Tom Aswell's not even 30. So I think if I'm Chris Dawkins, I want the fast path. Also, he's a for, he's a former cop, so he's had the full-time job. He wants to fight and win now. And Tom Aspinall has made his case like he wants the slow build. Also, let's not forget, Tom Aspinall's teammate is Darren Till. And we saw what happened when Darren Till got shot up the rankings real quickly. Also, That's a great point. A, he can't buy a win inside the octagon. So part of me has to think. Tom Aspinall saw his teammate, Darren Till, just get the rocket strapped to him, and it didn't really work out. He got thrown into the Wolves, uh, and he's still a big name, still a popular fighter, still headlining cards. If he's healthy, he's probably going to headline the London card with Tom Aspinall underneath him. So maybe Tom – also, Tom's dad is his coach, if I'm not mistaken. So Tom's dad is probably like, let's take a step back too, because I have a feeling that Tom Aspinall has probably been offered, you know, the junior Dos Santos and the – of the world where before junior was gone or the overeems of the world. And maybe he's like, Hey, maybe I'm not ready for that. Cause you beat junior Dos Santos. You're going to fight top five. And maybe Tom Aspinall is like, Let, let's pump the brakes on that quickly. But uh, I don't know if these two will ever fight for a title, but I would in terms of Dawkins and Aspinall, but I have a feeling that both of them will be top five, probably by the end of 2022. And then we could talk about them fighting because Chris Dawkins is very honest too. UFC doesn't want us to fight. 
because we're the new blood of this division. They don't want one of us to knock the other one off, which I commend him for. As you said, Tom Aspinall is very honest. Chris Dawks is also very honest at possibly fighting uh, Tom Aspinall. So I'm very much looking forward to that eventual fight. Casey, which strategy do you like best, and who, who do you feel like has the higher ceiling? <clears throat> Overall, I've been more impressive Aspinall, but but – Chris Dawkins just hasn't had the proper opponent on their side. And tomorrow night's the night, you know, uh, it's going to prove to see how good he is against, you know, the, I guess the A-level heavyweights in the sport. Um, overall, but I think, I think they're, they're, has, has Aspinall actually turned down? Do we, do we know? Has he turned, no. has he been offered higher level fights? Not, he just, not we, no, we don't know. We don't know publicly. About, he's just been yeah, very upfront just, about sort of the road he wants to take with this. Is Doc has been like, if I beat, is he, is he kind of one of those guys like I'm ready for the fight for the title Stipe, now? He called he called out Stipe after his last fight. So. Oh, okay, okay, that's what I thought. So yeah, there you go. Just, yeah, I was just, you know what? And on uh, the flip, and on the and on the flip side, Tom Aspinall is calling out Sergey Spivak after his wins. <laughs> no offense to Sergey Spivak, but you're not Stipe Miocic. Well, you know, calling out Stipe too is almost uh, – you know you're not going to get it too. So it's a nice call out for a fight you're not going to get too by Dawkins. Um, I like I like both their approaches. Um, I think um, as, long as, you, I don't know, as long as you keep winning and the fans, you're a heavyweight and still knock people out and finish fights, you know, I think both are winning winning strategies and for a prize fighter at heavyweight in the UFC. I have to say, I, th- I do feel, just in my opinion, I feel as though Tom Aspinall maybe has the higher ceiling, and I do sort of enjoy the approach he's taking, because you're right, Jose, he has seen firsthand what being sort of sped up the ranks can do to someone like Darren Till, and now we have Darren Till here on the MMA Hour this week talking about how he needs to find his confidence again, and he doesn't know where his confidence went, that type of thing. Uh, but it is a big, big spot here for Chris Dawkins, man. I mean, the stakes involved in this fight, if he wins... He's 5-0 and in the UFC, and you beat Derek Lewis. You're basically that next guy in, lo- in line, right? Like, we have Francis Ngannou, Cyril Gaon going next year. Depending on how this John Jones situation plays out, where do you feel like this one puts the winner, Jose? Uh, I think if, if – that is a good question. Uh, I think he would line them up with a fight with Stipe if John Jones doesn't show up. Because if John Jones shows up, give me Stipe Miocic's John Jones all day. Or if you just want to give John Jones the title fight, I'm perfectly fine with that too. And then the loser of the the interim of the title unification fight can fight, you know, Stipe or, or Dawkins. I like how Dawkins sold the Stipe fight. It's very it's firefighter versus police officer, and he's like that could sell out like. He's like, I'll go to Cleveland. He can come to Philly. We can sell out those arenas because I'm pretty sure, like, if they're going to what? They're going to Columbus, right? I don't know if that has that has a heavyweight title fight. Forget that, or not heavyweight title fight. That has a main event. Forget that. Steve versus Chris Docks, if you win, should headline Columbus in Ohio. Make it happen. But uh, the John Jones is just the wild card. They're clearly going to be top what? Top four? Where's Derek Lewis sitting right now? He's well, number we four. Have, for right, us. We, have, we have number four. He'd slot right in there at four. Or who's blown? Blades? I would Blades. assume. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Blades elevates, but maybe they just swap even though Lewis beat him. It's just a whole mess at heavy, at the top five at heavyweight. But they'll probably sit at four or five, and then I personally would like to see the winner of this fight fight Stipe because I want to see Stipe fight again. And But I understand Stipe's perspective, wanting to fight for the title slash waiting for John Jones. So let's wait for John Jones' answer, and then I can answer this again. What do you think, Casey? Is the winner of this one fight away from a belt, kind of right in that belt picture? Where do you see it? <laughs> 
I think if Lewis wins big and Francis beats um, Gone, then I think you no, know, you, you that's easy, that's an easy. This is okay. This, sorry, this is all in the assumption that John that's not an easy rematch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not. That's not. Uh, I would love to see that rematch, but uh, I'm, I'm, this is under the assumption John Jones isn't fighting right now. It's under the assumption that Stipe is still out of the picture too for various I get, contract reasons. But um, yeah, if Lewis wins, this is a big win for Lewis. If he wins, I do believe he can fight for a title against Francis. And we just kind of ignore that first fight. That was just a weird one. And if they if they do that again somehow, then that would be that would kind of be amazing. <laughs> they can fight another. There's no way this is going to the bell, you know. And of course, I guess. But uh, for Dawkins, if he wins, uh, Stipe does seem like the fight to make. I just don't. I think he needs a. Uh, to be put on pay-per-view. Has he even been featured on pay-per-view? Dawkins, I feel like he's a fight night guy right now. I mean, his, his last, last fight, fight was was on 266. The oh, was Knockout, on the yeah. Car? On the main card? Uh, no. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, kind of, you know, the UFC, kind of, they like to kind of prep fans for like, oh, you're going to start paying to watch this guy fight. You know, like, you know, like an Nate Diaz. Well, does he like free cards? No, he's fought on pay-per-views for a while now. Um, so I feel Dawkins just doesn't have the name recognition yet, um, even if he beats Lewis. So the Stipe fight will make a lot of sense for him afterwards. Yeah, man, I think this all – the answer to this obviously just comes so down many, to John Jones, right? Yeah, it's just John yeah. Jones. If, if, the, if the UFC is going to try to screw over John Jones again next year, or maybe you know who knows what, where, what John Jones is going to get into, whatever trouble he's going to get Jones into this year. Him, John Jones screws yeah. himself over again. Exactly. I feel as if there's a very real chance that the winner of this fight might be that next person in line then, other, other than, you know, the John Jones situation. Stipe is just such a weird case because you never know what he's going to do, what kind of a fights he wants, what he wants to accept. seems like he wants to just get thrown back into the title. So it's a, it's a tough situation, but that heavyweight division, man, is in a really interesting, nice place right now. And in particular, like we said, with all the young talent coming up. And this is an interesting one for me. This is a really intriguing one to see where Chris Dawkins is. Let's make the picks, fellas. Jose, where you lean on this? Uh, I'm going to pick Chris Dawkins solely because I've talked myself into wanting the Stipe Miocic fights. I also think Cyril Gaon is going to be defending his heavyweight title against John Jones by the end of the year. Uh, so I'm going to say Stipe versus Chris Dawkins. I've talked myself into it. I just think I think Derek Lewis at any point in that fight it could just murder. Chris Dawkins, uh, but I just think Chris Dawkins is uh, clicking all cylinders right now. He's been like, he, has he been in any sort of danger in any of his fights? Or is he, it's been pretty I mean, one sided. It's first round knockout, first round knockout, for, first round knockout. And let's, then. and let's not forget, he has four wins in the UFC. I'm, they were all by knockout, right? He has five mm-hmm. knockouts in four fights. He knocked out Shamil twice in one fight <laughs> at UFC 266. So for that, I'm picking Chris Dawkins. How about you, Casey? Um, Derek Lewis, uh, the small cage is going to be a big factor in this. Um, I, I just, Surgon is just, just better than Derek Lewis technically. And it was just, and, and they bought the big octagon in Houston. And that was, Surgon used that to his advantage very, very smartly. But, uh, I think Derek Lewis is gonna, I, I think Derek Lewis actually fights better in the, the apex with no crowd, no kind of, no pressure. You know, you have the hometown pressure. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I think, I think he'll fight a little better tonight. Um, tomorrow night, and nothing against Dawkins, but this is a big jump up in competition. And I think Lewis, um, I think, I think Lewis is better than the performance we saw in his last fight. That's basically it. And but if Dawkins wins, I'll be I'll be super impressed. And but this is 
it's not that he can't be not that he can't be Lewis. We just haven't. He hasn't had the opportunity for uh, for us to see how good he is, and that's what Saturday night is. I would say big jump up in competition is almost an understatement, right? Like this is Derek Lewis forever gets he gets doubted on these type of fights, and it never makes sense to me because these are the type of fights that he wins ultimately, mm-hmm. right? Like he loses to the best of the best. He loses in the title fights, and often it's a wash in those fights. But outside of that, like Chris Doggis would be the worst person to beat. Derek Lewis since like 2015, Sean Jordan, right? Like these are, these are the fights he wins. He wins these type of fights. Every time a young up and comer is trying to come up and make a name off him, it just doesn't really work unless your name is Cyril gone and you're that special caliber. Is Chris dog is that special caliber? He might be, but I think I have to agree with you right now, Casey. I think I have to lean towards the big boy, the black beast, Derek Lewis. We'll see though, man. I mean, lots of intrigue in this one. It is an interesting fight to close out the year. Before we move off the main event, we keep talking about people underestimating Derek Lewis and everything. How many he has a record for heavyweight KOs, correct? Or KOs? He has a record he's, for he's, all time KOs. He's tied okay. with Vitor Belfort and Matt Brown for most ever. Yeah. Okay. We talk about underselling Derek Lewis. The guy is a UFC Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. Oh, absolutely. I made this argument earlier in the year when he beat Chris or uh, uh, Curtis Blades out of nowhere. Kind of is low key becoming like a Hall of Famer it, right under our eyes, right? Like he is just someone who has been in this top four, top five for in yeah. the entirety of his career, basically. And that's part, what yeah, if you can't win a title, five, yeah. nope, so. if you can't win a title, it's longevity, and he's getting that longevity, especially in this division. I I would vote for him for a Hall of Fame. It's, it's yeah, just, a weird I, thing. I, I, it's just a great. It's just a. It's a great thing to say out loud. Derek Lewis, UFC <laughs> Hall of Famer. <laughs> I mean, okay, just put together the montage of him standing up from guard. Like, that's enough for me. I'm in. Um, it doesn't exist. <laughs> the NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. <laughs> one, one quick aside, actually, before we move on to this co-main event. And this is maybe a, w- a weird question, fellas, but should this event even be happening? And and here's, here's what I mean by that, right? I want to explain this. Because back in the day, Casey, I'm sure you certainly remember this, Jose, you probably too. The UFC liked to close the year with this big pay-per-view, and it would be this nice, nice capper of the year. And, you know, we would kind of head into the new year with a lot of momentum. We just came off this incredible high at UFC 269. Two title fights, big upsets, all this drama in Las Vegas. And now we're just right back here at the apex. And it's it's not a bad card. It's not a bad card by any means. But our pal Ariel Hawani made this comparison to me, and it feels apt. It kind of just feels like the Pro Bowl 
just kind of getting thrown in <laughs> the week after after the Super Bowl, right? Like it, it does feel like a bit of an anticlimax, no? It's it's weird. It's the ESPN era. That's all I gotta say. It's just it's, it's just an ESPN thing. I mean, because like there's no New Year's card anymore because ESPN is so you know all in of college football. You know, that's what I assume. Um, so there's just no there's no New Year's card. That that was kind of a thing forever. Like forever. Like I for the last ten years. I would be in Vegas for New Year's every freaking year. I, but now ESPN, like, oh, I'm at home. Cool, fireworks. You know, just, it's weird. It's weird. Uh, doesn't make sense, but they got content. Also, the, the, Pro, the Pro Bowl is before the Super Bowl now. It is now, but it used to be yeah, afterwards, to be. and nobody cared about it. It would be the weirdest thing. Yeah. Also in Hawaii. The whole thing Hawaii, is like, – oh, yes. Yeah. Do you remember a few years back when the UFC, oh, they, were, they, were, they were killer for us, but they, they would do three cards. Um, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. But one, but one time they oh, did yeah. a fight night, a pay-per-view, and then the Sunday they did another fight night. So And that was BJ did. That was BJ Penn, Frankie Edgar, and it was depressing. And it depressing. just felt weird. It just felt weird to see a so, smaller card after the pay-per-view. And that's what it's kind of feels so that like. Was, that was 175, I believe, and then the next night was the the, the Ultimate Fighter finale, if I remember correctly. So, like, they yeah. were the coaches, so they, then they fought at the top or something like that. But the three cards in three days was tough, and it was Paige versus Rose, and then Frankie Chad, and then Connor Aldo. And then before that, at 189, they had Jake Ellenberger and Wonderboy the Sunday after Connor and Chad Mendez. And there was like 40 yeah. people in the crowd. They don't do that anymore. Yeah. That was that yeah. spitting hook kick knockout, too. It was like yeah. one of the best knockouts of one of his career, and no one saw and- it. And and yeah. low key there was like there was a couple welterweights on the undercard named Kamara Usman and Hori Mazu. Yeah, there were. Hey man, look at that transition. Speaking of Wonder Boy, let's talk about this co-main event. Uh, Stephen Thompson, Bilal Muhammad. It feels like a very big crossroads here for both men because you have Bilal. He's undefeated over his last six. He's coming off that win over Damian Maya, and he his whole story, his whole like this second half of his career has just been waiting. A long, long time to get a real chance at a top-ranked guy at 170. Obviously, the Leon Edwards weirdness, kind of you throw that to the side. But now he finally has this opportunity here against Wonderboy. And then you have Stephen Thompson, who is seemingly the youngest 38-year-old in MMA history. Like, the dude looks like he's 25. Uh, I don't actually understand how he's as old as he is. But he is sneaky up there in age for this division. And he said this week on the MMA Hour that he wants to be the oldest UFC fighter ever. (laughs) <laughs> but it just does feel like this is kind of the last chance for a title run, right? Like he just got beat by Gilbert Burns. This is now or never for him. Jose, w- what's your initial take on this matchup and who in your opinion needs this more? Uh, the and- Steven Thompson needs this <laughs> real bad. The UFC's kind of like, I know Steven Thompson just announced he signs a contract, but you know, you win, a, you lose a couple in a row and you're on, you're close to 40. The UFC has kind of made a habit lately of, letting some fighters go like junior and Overeem and rumble. And I guess rumble had a fun a long time. Yo Romero, like there's a lot of fighters that are getting released by the UFC that kind of catch people by surprise. But then you see the amount of people they're signing off of the contender series. And they're like, Oh, they need to cut one 38 year old to bring in five 26 year olds. So Steven Thompson for sure needs this win uh, more than Bilal Muhammad. Bilal Muhammad is a fan favorite. He has his place on the desk. He's always going to be on camera uh, call interviewing fighters and what have you but in terms of this fighting career a loss to steve like who's steve, who's below muhammad lost to jeff neal vicente luke and i want to say one more like he's, he's losing oh, to- no no that's no, all right no he's mine um 
I think I'm on your point. I uh, want to say Joban. Did he lose to Joban a long time ago? That was his UFC oh, debut, yeah. Okay, so he drops his UFC debut, and I'm pretty sure that was like a fight of the night. So good on him for having an epic fight of the night. And then he's lost the top five welterweights. Steven Thompson's been a top five welterweight for what? How long? Since the Jake Allen, since the Johnny Hendricks win. So uh, a loss to someone that only loses to top five welterweights in the world probably means Steven Thompson is no longer a top five welterweight in the UFC. So Steven Thompson needs this win way more than Bilal Muhammad. Casey, do you agree? Is this a bigger fight for Wonderboy or Bilal, do you think? Wonderboy times a billion. Yeah, sorry. I just, well, Bilal, um, great personality um I, he's he, he's he's a he's a good welterweight wonder boy has been a, a great welterweight for years but he's just not the greatest welterweight and that's been his issue um with uzman basically steamrolling everyone else in the division wonder boy is in such a prime spot to a big win tomorrow night and maybe one more win he gets to fight uzman uzman needs fresh competition and we haven't seen uzman wonder boy is it it's an interesting style matchup, and fans like Wonder Boy. So, but if he loses two losses in a row against, uh, I'm, what is Blah? What do we have? Mom, Blah, Blah ranked at. Is he even top ten? Do we have him in top ten? I think he's outside of the top ten for us. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be it's maybe. I mean, I know Pettis was unranked when he lost to Pettis, but. This, as far as like a true welterweight, this is this will be a pretty bad welterweight loss for Wonder Boy, and um, I think uh, people are going to be like, "Oh, you're old now, dude." And no, I think uh, the UFC will move on from him um, if he loses this fight, and they'll put all their kind of promotional push behind uh, Bilal. So um, this is a giant fight for Wonder Boy, and but also a very very winnable fight, and a fight I expect him to win rather convincingly. Also, you have to imagine he's feeling the desperation right now right like this is it this is the moment for him like he, he i feel he he's a realist he knows it. he understands sort of where he's at in, in his career I mean, uh, he signed a six-fight deal i mean it sounds like he's basically intending to retire in, yeah in the, in the usa or just keep on adding on to it so yeah this is it's all or nothing tonight i mean i i, I imagine he, he he i don't know he must he, he hides that pressure very well because i was like oh boy he does a, yeah he compartmentalizes really yeah. well. Like he's he's really grounded in a way that I think few fighters are. Like he really seems to have a good sense of of his of his self awareness and where he sort of stands in all of this. But it, there is one aspect to this, and you sort of mentioned it, Casey, or alluded to it, that I think helps Stephen Thompson, and that's the fact that we've kind of been talking about him versus Usman for a really long. Oh no! Oh no! Come on! <laughs> he stepped on. He stepped. He on the cable. He took his one of his shoes. Right, oh, uh, I have no idea what that was, but <laughs> right, we've been back. talking. I, to get back on what I was saying, we've been talking about this fight for a really long time now. For, it feels like, and, and Kamaru Usman's been going through this welterweight division. He's been beating all the challengers, but it does stand out there that Stephen Thompson is a different type of stylistic matchup than he's ever faced before. Jose, is this a fight that still intrigues you? Like, do you feel like this is one that we still need to see before all of this is over for Kamaru Usman? This Wonder Boy fight. That's a really good question. I mean, selfishly, I want to see it because I, Kamar Usman's what the pound for pound best fighter on planet Earth right now on a lot of people's rankings. Is he number one in ours? I would assume yes. so. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Um, in, so it's, it's, it's unanimous too. Like it's yeah, all eight it's, of us. Yeah. We'll things we I don't think on. there's. <laughs> I don't think is there. There's not really an argument for anyone being above him until unless like John Jones comes back and wins the heavyweight title. But Kamar Usman versus blank 
interests me, but Kamal Usman versus people I haven't seen him fight interests me. Like anytime I've said this a million times, anytime you see the best do anything against anybody, I'm interested in. I don't care if it's Chris Cyborg versus Nick Kevin. A lot of people think Cyborg is the greatest featherweight female fighter ever. I know Amanda Nunes beat her, but a lot of people still consider Chris the best. She fights, I'm interested. John Jones fights, I'm interested. Kamar Usman fights, I'm interested. And I want to see new blood. So do I do does will this ever happen? I doubt it, but I want it, which means we're probably not gonna <laughs> get it because nothing good happens to me when I want fights. Or they'll take three years to book, like they did Brian Ortega and Korean Zombie. So uh I want to see it, but it probably won't happen. It's, I mean, I don't know, man. A funny thing happened in 2021 with this division because this division was really long jammed for a really, really long time. Like, we, it was a frustrating division to follow for, for a really long time because of all the, the Masvidal rematches. It just – it was very slow to get Cub Colby fights out there. But now it does feel like it's kind of cleared up a little bit. Like, you have, you have Leon Edwards. He seems like he's kind of the shoe-in guy right now. But you never know with him. It's his luck. He could – that something could happen and you could just lose that spot tomorrow. Colby's out of the picture. Masvidal's out of the picture. It's really just Vicente Luque that's left outside of Leon. Obviously, Hamzat Shemaev, you never know. He's lurking. But, Casey, it kind of feels like Wonderboy could be one win away or just right there thrown into that title picture if he can do something spectacular here. Does my audio sound okay? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. I changed my mic. It um, sounds better, actually. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, I actually had the wrong mic on. I just realized that. Um mm. Yeah, I know. Rookie mistake. Um, the question, uh, what's the question? Sorry, what was the question? Wonder Boy? I mean, it feels like right now, timing is everything in this game, right? Yeah. Timing yes. has not worked out for Wonder Boy in this no. division over the last couple of years, but it does feel like right now there's a moment where it's just kind of Vicente Luque, Leon Edwards, and no one else. Hamzat Shemaev is lurking, but it's that's it. And so Stephen Thompson could slide in, it feels like to me, with a spectacular performance. Well, uh, well, and and honestly, I don't see why there's kind of this big kind of not controversy, but like, man, Stephen Wonderboy could fight for a title. I mean, he only fought he only fought against Woodley, right? He didn't fight. Did he lose any other title fights? Am I am I forgetting something? No, I mean he fought he fought the back to back against Woodley. Yeah, then, so so this is yeah. the, so this one's a new fighter. So it's not like you know it's not he's not just it's not a, it's not a trilogy fight against a guy he lost against tw- oh and he got a draw against well a guy he fought twice. So I absolutely see no reason why. Wonderboy wouldn't fight for a title. Now, are we worried about win streaks, you know, coming off uh, just one fight win streak? Nah, that, that could be whatever. But you've seen, we've seen a lot crazier things um, in title fights. So I personally love Usman Wonderboy. Um, it'll be interesting because, you know, Usman, you know, my fighter of the year. And, but all three of his victories this year were primarily striking. Um, so, and it'll be really interesting to see if Usman can actually outstrike Wonder Boy, or we have to kind of go back to that old Usman in the sense and just kind of grind out a 25 minute fight, which is probably the smartest way to beat Wonder Boy. But um, no, Usman's a different fighter now, so I think that I think that fight's solely interesting. And if um, if beating Bilal is all it takes to fight Usman, um, cool. But I think I think it's gonna be one more fight though. Either way, yeah. I, I agree with I you. Also, I go for it. I want to I want to add one thing. Also, Kamara Usman has talked a lot about maybe not fighting much longer. So we might not get that fight solely because Kamaru's not available. Like everyone's heard his dad, where you made a lot of money, but where were you type talk he had. And he, what, he takes nine to 10 weeks away from his daughter. 
we might lose out on that fight, and it might not because Wonderboy not might not be the UFC or Wonderboy's fault. Kamal Usman just might not fight that much longer, and he wants these money fights. That's a fair point, and I hope that doesn't happen because ultimately this is one of the most intriguing stylistic matchups to me, at yeah. least, left for Usman. Just mm-hmm. in the just in the sense of I'm sure Kamara would win, but I just want to see it. Like I just want to see how he would handle that different type of a challenge. And one thing too that's sort of in the back pocket for Stephen Thompson that helps him out in this situation. We mentioned that there's nobody else really up there other than Leon Edwards and Luke. He beat Luke like a, two years ago. And it was a really great fight. It was an awesome fight, fight of the night. Uh, so that helps him out quite a bit. Gentlemen, predictions. Where are you leaning on this one? Jose, let's start with you. Uh, Steven Thompson, by decision, he beats a lot of guys by keeping, especially in three-round fights, you don't see a lot of crazy knockouts by him. I think Bilal Muhammad has, I'm going to look it up right now because he has like a crazy number. Yeah, he has 19 wins, 14 have reached the scorecards, and two of his three losses have reached the scorecard. So a three-round fight in the small octagon, I'm just going to pick Steven Thompson to win by decision. I don't think it's going to be like a blowout, but it's going to be the definition of 10-9, 10-9, 10-9, 30-27, Steven Thompson. How about you, Casey? All right, pretty much the, I'm on riding board with Jose. Um, just I think Stephen Thompson is just a better fighter, and um, yeah, and I think you should get a solid thirty, a, a true thirty twenty seven, and just um, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. use that little karate, and just do do bounce around the cage, and you know huh. just sidekick, and you know throws a little cool little cross, and you know be quicker. Talk and, about um, and yeah, I think, talk I think, about like. We were talking about Derek Lewis having a massive jump up in competition. Like, what was it this Diego Lima? And then I'm not like Leon Edwards with short notice. And then like 40 something year old Damian Maya. And then Wonder Boy, like top five. Like, just here you go, <laughs> Bilal Muhammad. See if you can hang. I love it. I love it though. It's, it's, he's been waiting I, I, a while for it. Yeah. I, I like the matchup. I like the matchup. I mean, love I, it. I like it. Ma- yeah. It also yeah. makes sense. Like, when this was announced, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't hate it. Yeah, and that's, only, like, that's yeah. that's when you know you get good matchmaking when you see it, and it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, that's a great that's a great call. Uh, so basically, it seems like both of you guys are calling this to just be a normal Stephen Wonderboy Thompson fight where he wins by a uh, you know I wouldn't say boring decision, but a very technical decision where you kind of know where it's headed from the first second few seconds of the fight. Yeah. Uh, and I, I I agree with you. I think this is going to be a thirty twenty seven his way, uh, and this welterweight division might just get a little more interesting, man. Um, but hey. Let's look outside of those top two fights now. What else is catching your guys' eye? Because there's a lot going on in this card. There's a lot of names oh. that people know. Obviously, oh. Angela Hill's jumping in last second. You got Carlos Diego Pajera. You got Mateus Cameron. Come Swanson. Name. Hit me, Jose. There's one name, and that's Mateus Gamrot. Casey knows I was going to bring this up. I've been asking for Mateus Gamrot to be in the UFC forever <laughs> before when he was at KSW. I pretty, we interviewed the president of KSW, and like the third question, I was like, Give me enough that Mateus Gamera just injects his fights into my body. And then he signs the UFC, stumbles against Guram. I actually scored for Gamera. Guram hasn't yeah. even fought since, and I'm very hyped for his return too. Have him fight Patty on the same card. Hamza fights Darren Till. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Get, send me the check, UFC. Uh, Derek Fahad <laughs> is obviously a very high-level grappler, and he made weight. Praise God, he made weight. Mateus Gamera is also a very high-level grappler. I think this is the fight that... Mateus Gamrot will lurch into the top 10. Uh, former champ, champ of KSW. I am all on, like, I wish he got the treatment that, like, Manel Cape or Manel Cop and Yuri got. 
Like they came in and like yeah. remember Manel Cobb was the backup for a title fight. He got them the same thing Michael Chandler did is what Manel Cobb did at Flyweight. And then Yuri Prohaska gets at like gets uh who did Vulcan Ozdemir and then a main event fight and now he's gonna fight for the title. I was like, give that to Gamrot. The problem is Lightweight is very stacked and it's not gonna happen. Uh but yeah, I think he could be top five now, and I think I would watch him fight anyone in there. So Mateus Gamrot versus Blank, and that's the answer to my fight of the night. Look at that. Throwing it down for Gamrot. What about you, Casey? Uh, I, I totally agree with the Gamrot, um, Gamrot Fair. It kind of feels like, uh, not the same exact way, but Derek Lewis and Dick Christakis in the sense that we know we know Diego Ferrer is very good, you know, an A-level lightweight. He just hasn't been able to fight. He just doesn't get that one win for the title fight. And this is this is a very risky fight for Ferreira, for, for Ferreira. And get, but I... I was I'm sold with everything that Jose said by Gamrot. The guy seems like the real deal, and there's just so many freaking good lightweights coming up, and um, I think this is kind of a kind of changing in the guard uh, with this new the, these Gamrots, Mahachevs. Um, uh, who am I forgetting? Um, the guy that beat Gamrot, Guram. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. just so many good new like just killers coming into uh, I think uh, the top ten pretty soon. Lightweight, they just need to make the tie. They just need the fights to happen. And, you know, we'll see. Um, the other fights I'm really looking forward to is um, Amanda Lemos and uh, Angela Hill. Ooh, man. That's good Angela one. Hill, you are a brave woman. She w- <laughs> You are a brave woman. Uh, Amanda Lemos, her strawweight fights, she has just looked so freaking dominant. It's just like, good Lord, this woman looks scary. I think she was a former bantamweight or strawweight or flyweight, now fighting, m- making weight comfortably at strawweight. She just looks vicious. Um, I can't believe Angela Hill took this fight on short notice. But we talked to Angela. Really, you on, can't believe it? Who else would do it? Of because it's, Angela but, did because it. it's Amanda Limos. That's why. That's that's the only reason why. Because she doesn't have a name. I I, I think sure, she, sure. She, it's only her name value. Amanda Limos is name value. She's I think she's that good. But and, we talked to Angela Hill. I think she was on. Our, she was on our. I think she was. She was on our fight companion for uh, the Triller card. And I just asked her mm-hmm. like. You're crazy for taking this fight. She's like, I ain't worried. The, the, the girls only fought grapplers. She she overpowers grapplers. You know, I'm a striker. I'm a I'm a elbow I'm a elbow her face up. So, God bless Angela Hill. I'm really excited for that fight. The see, I don't know if it will prove how how good Amanda Limos is if she rolls through um, Angela Hill. But um, uh, I'm just super excited by that fight. And also. Freaking Darren Elkins and Cub Swanson. There we just, go. That's where that's, I was going with. That's it. the. That's I can't the believe they haven't fought. For. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. great point. Yeah, I, yeah I, that's I, that's just that's just a great fight, Darren. Darren freaking Elkins, Darren freaking Elkins. You just just you just we all know his his the, the guy. He wears his he wears his fighting style. Is where he wears his, you know right on his chest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. He's letting just, you know immediately. Yeah, I, and, I, I mean, Cubs, I got a rep. I got a rep for the old guard here for a second because Cub Swanson. Anytime you get at this point, I felt this last week with with Dominic Cruz. Anytime you get one of these WEC guys coming in here for, you know, still keeping it going uh, and fighting at a high level. You, I love it. I absolutely love it. We had Cub Swanson this week. It, it's somehow, I don't know how this is true, but this is crazy to me. It's last Friday was the t- five-year reunion or uh, celebration, I guess, whatever, uh, of the Doohoo Choi fight at UFC 206. That was five years ago? That was five years ago, bro. Right. In Toronto, I right? Have, yeah. I, in Toronto, yeah. We were, we were there with AK for that, and it was – I don't know how that's five years ago. That was that's nuts to me. But that that was such a great fight. And Cubs Swanson still in this game, still doing it. I love 
these WEC guys still in this game. WEC never die. I can't wait for that one. And like you said, Darren Elkins, which Darren Elkins is never in a boring fight. His fights are you and you know what you're getting there. Um, Casey, let's uh, we got fan questions. Oh, let's head to some fan questions. Real quick, the other low key banger is freaking the most the, mo- the most underrated bantamweight in the UFC, I believe, with um, Honey. I don't say his name. Honey Barcellos. Barcellos. versus newcomer to the UFC, Victor Henry. If you don't know oh, who Victor your Henry boy. is, your boy, my boy, yeah. my boy. Victor Henry is supposed. To, basically, he was he was lined up to be the the fight for the bantamweight championship in Ryzen. COVID happened. It kind of you know stalled his career out pretty hard the last year and a half or so. And um, he's coming in short notice against the toughest, I guess, most undervalued um, bantamweight in the UFC. In the so um, Victor Henry is super exciting. I don't know if he's going to win or not, but I'm just um, happy he's in the UFC. I'm happy that American fans get to see him because he's a great personality and a super exciting fighter and uh, a Josh Barnett protege. You know, so bring that some of that catch wrestling into uh, the UFC. So. Make sure you tune in early for that. But now to the questions. Also, also, Casey, you were in on this early. If oh, yeah, yeah. The, if you guys go out and check the MMA Fighting YouTube channel years back, Casey mm-hmm. did a wonderful profile on Victor Henry <laughs> way before anybody knew about him. So go yeah, check that out so, before yeah, Saturday. Thank you. All right, to the questions. What do we got here? Want to read that? Could Chris, yeah. yeah, Joseph says, could Chris Dawkins be in line for a title shot in 2022 with a win over Black Beast? He's four over four in the UFC. We hit on this quite a bit in the beginning of the show, but I could see it. It really depends on Stipe and it really depends on John Jones, right? Those are the two sort of lingering questions in this heavyweight division. We don't really know when either of them are going to come back. But Chris Dawkins is right there, man. We have Derek Lewis at number four on our rankings and he would jump up to that spot, I would imagine. Uh, yeah, like... Ranking wise, if Chris Dawkins wins, yeah, he could get a title shot next. I don't think that's going to happen, um, but definitely with a, a victory tomorrow night and then another victory over, say, a Stipe or another top five guy, without a doubt, Chris Dawkins is in line for a title shot. Of course, got the whole John Jones things, but let's just forget about that for a moment because that that just screws up everything when you throw me talk about John Jones. Uh, I'm gonna what say, else we I'm got? gonna say I'm gonna say early 2023. I think 2022 is a little muddled at heavyweight. There's too many names to get through. That's fair. That's fair. Also, if he loses, you know. Yeah, you know he's fighting Derek freaking. Lewis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like like that's a... <laughs> yeah, a lot, lot of ifs. <laughs> if yeah, uh, here we go. This the biggest storyline right now. Oh my gosh, how do we not mention this? Uh, yeah, this is, I, I don't know how to pronounce this person's name, and so I'm not even going to try. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but he says, Congratulations to Justin Taffa for making history today. How do we not mention this? Justin Taffa, uh, a very dubious bit of UFC history. Congratulations, the first heavyweight ever in history to miss weight in the UFC 267 pounds, one pound over the limit. Are you guys disappointed? You impressed? What, what do you make of this? I have, I don't even know how to process this. Frankly, when I when I saw this, we thought it was gonna be Greg Hardy. Remember, it was almost Greg Hardy a few weeks back. Uh, but no, Justin Taffa takes it. Congratulations! Oh, this is amazing. G- gives up twenty percent of his fight purse to make history. God bless Jeez, you, sir. Man. Jose, you disappointed? No. You, you impressed? How how do you handle this? <laughs> 
I'm more I feel bad for the guy because I remember yeah, when he a... lost to Carlos Felipe. I don't remember who someone like he lost a he quote unquote I'm using quotes because that was a split and that could have gone either way. I don't remember who I scored because it was it was on the Holloway Cater fight and after that fight I don't remember anything else about that night. But uh that was <laughs> the only thing I actually I do remember the only thing I do remember is they kind of leaned on each other's foreheads and punched each other for like twenty five minutes and they did and then he lost and I was talking to, I think it was his manager or someone else like at the hotel. And he was like really disappointed because that was like the last fight in his contract. And he was making like 10 and 10 or something like that. And if he had won, he would have got to renegotiate and get more, but because he lost now he's going to get like 12 and 12 maybe, or something like that. And now he's fine 20% and he's in the record books. And if he loses, he's probably going to lose his job. It's just a rough situation all around uh, for Justin Taffa. Uh, heavyweights that go to, decisions don't and lose don't usually last long in the ufc uh so i if he loses i would have to imagine we're not going to see him inside the octagon anymore so feel bad for the guy i feel bad for him but just when you weigh that much how how can you not lose one more pound that's crazy to me Shave your head, yeah. something. I don't even know. What whatever it takes. Yeah, I guess. It, was, it was only one pound. It wasn't like he came at one seventy four or something. Like, okay, you know, that's a lot of weight to drop, but one pound, man, that's a run put some sweats on, run it down the stairs a few times. I don't know. It's just Amen. There's whatever, a first dude. time for everything, I guess. <laughs> we just but, saw it. But, but also, why the hell do we even have a, a heavyweight limit? And why is it two sixty five? It's just who came up with two sixty five? Why, I, why, is, why is that the number? Why not 275? Why not 280? Why not 290? Why not 250? What's 270? If you want to go down that road, all of this is incredibly arbitrary. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's like 265. Like, like we have like 10 pounds between weight classes, 15 pounds between weight classes, 20 pounds between weight classes, and like 90 pounds. I don't know, whatever. Was that 55 pounds? Is, is, it, is, that, is that 206 to... That's... Yeah, that's some, 60 pounds. Yeah, 60 pounds. It's yeah. a 60 pound weight class. It's like, I don't understand that, but here we are. I don't know Amen. why the. One of my long held dreams has always been that somehow enough super heavyweight talent will come into this where we can get 400 pound monsters fighting in here. I'm here for the circus. Like, give me, line me up for that. But uh, 400 pound monsters in the small apex and just. Uh, I'm, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for the that door to fall. Like, the cage oh. would just crumble. Yeah, it's not going to happen. For it. Um, all right, we're we're approaching an hour here, so let's get a few all more right, quick right, ones right. and then we'll get out. Uh, uh, oh, here we go. Another one from Joseph Bosa. Right. Another one from Joseph Bosa. He says, earlier in the week it came out that Macy versus Raquel is actually now a women's featherweight fight. Uh, is this because Juliana shocked the world and beat Amanda at 269, <laughs> or is it something up? Uh, no, I would assume just because it was a short-notice fight, and we saw today – Macy did uh, not even make weight for the <laughs> yeah. She didn't even make weight for the featherweight fight. It's a rough. That's a rough, rough go for. Her. And is that fight on? Did Raquel take the fight? Do we know? Um, that it, I don't know. We've been doing this, so I'm not sure about this. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Raquel actually passes on that fight. That kind of sucks for her. Um, Macy's already a super big, um, super big uh, bantamweight. She was originally a featherweight, and now she's coming in very heavy as a featherweight against Raquel, who's always been bantamweight her entire career. So uh, I would not, I would not blame Raquel for passing on this uh, fight if she does take it. God bless her. But um, this fight doesn't really mean anything, does it? To the bantamweight division, I mean, does it? I mean, what does it mean? They get a paycheck. paycheck. That's about it. it yeah, 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 it means a paycheck. But like, I feel win or lose, even if Macy wins or Macy gets loses. Raquel, it just doesn't. 
yeah, it's just a paycheck. It's, this fight's kind of meaningless now, right? Yeah, no. I, I mean, in terms of I rankings agree. and who's you know who's next for Pena or anything like that, yeah. I, I think at this point, though, for Macy, anything helps because she is just. It's been so hard for her to get into the octagon. She if she doesn't get this one, that's one two years in a row with just one fight a year. Ooh. You know, that's not what you want. And and her apartment fell on top of her. Let's not forget <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, it's been a rough go for her, man. I feel bad for that situation. Um, All right, let's hit one more, and then we'll get one out of more. Here. One more. Come on. Yes. <laughs> he answered uh, this. This he, gentleman says, "Yeah, oh, sorry. he did. He answered this." Gentleman says, "Will Wonder Boy still be called Wonder Boy at age 40? Uh So he's. I believe yep. he was asked this at media day, right? And he said that I can change my name to Wonder Man if Tenacious D writes a song called Wonder Man, which is fair. I can accept. He that. also he also answered Jose Young's before his Gilbert Burns fight about that exact answer. And he said, yeah, I'm Wonder Boy. I'm not going to be Wonder Man, period. So What's the like the cutoff for this? Like, when There's does no it become cutoff. weird? Oh, I think we're Let him live that. his truth. <laughs> Are we past it? Like, if he's 50, if he's 55 years old, is, is he still able to be called using this name? Or is it just too weird at that point? If Tito Ortiz tra- changes his name to the Huntington Beach Bad Man, then Wonder Boy will change his to Wonder Man. Bad man. Well, he was like the he changed it to like the People's Champion or something yeah. at some point, right? I like yeah, he, I changed he changed it, it. not the people. He changed it. Or I, as I, I as I as I always say, when there's like boy or man or some sort of like word like that, like the assassin baby, just throw a comma in there, like Wonder comma boy. I love I love it. just make it like the assassin baby. Love it. I do like I, bring up Josh Barnett. Josh Barnett used to be called the Babyface Assassin. He got rid of it. Well, how he's the War Master. I'm pretty, sure, you know, just, I'm pretty sure Melvin Gillard is still the Young Assassin, isn't he, or something like that? Yeah, Faber, California kid. That's always oh, one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Wonder Grandpa. Aaron in the chat's throwing out Wonder Grandpa. I kind of like the sound of that. Maybe we can Wonder. convince Stephen to do that someday, but we'll see. Wonder guy. Just make it wonder, wonder guy. guy. <laughs> wonder dude. All that right. just feels creepy. That just feels creepy. Uh, uh, all right. La, 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 last question. Last question. Very oh. important from our, from, we'll the same, from our same user. Same commenter. Oh, okay. So I don't even want to address this. He asked Spider-Man or The Matrix, what are you watching this weekend? I'm trying to get no Spider-Man spoilers in my life. I can't see that until next week. I know Jose just saw it last night. So I'm, I'm out on this one. No spoilers, Jose. Spider-Man, worth it? See it in theaters. All right, there you go. The because I went, I went and the uh, no no spoils. I went and the theater was completely sold out. And as you guys know, I get kind of jaded with superhero movies. Not that I dislike them. They no, no, no way. <laughs> they just they get they they just don't do nothing for me. I had a blast. Like the crowd, I have never seen a livelier theater like they were so hyped and i think that's what going to the movie theaters is all about like not yelling at the screen but like standing ovations and cheers and everything like throughout the movie it was an absolute blast i have not never had i can't remember the last time i had so much fun in a movie theater better than in game yeah without a doubt better than okay because end game was like you kind of knew well a lot of people kind of knew but this one it was just like it was it. This was a love letter to Spider Man, and it delivered on all. It hit everything I needed. Uh, stayed semi true to the comics, and the crowd was just absolutely bananas from beginning to end, and it was so much fun. 
Man, you know what? That that really sells me and the, the theater experience. I I really enjoy going to movie theaters just for the, it's a different experience and being totally focused on the movie rather than looking at your phone or whatever. This is great. There, uh, I'm I'm excited. There was it. a moment, and still no spoils. There was like a moment when a character shows up, and the crowd just went insane. I and like I could see the guy's mouth moving, but I had no idea what he was saying. It was like being at like a sporting event. I couldn't hear this TV. And I was fourth row, and I couldn't hear what was happening. Wow. It was, Man. It was a lot of fun. Man. It was a lot of fun. They got, they got Phoenix. It's, I mean, look at that. You can't, there is honestly no greater endorsement that a, a comic yeah. book movie could get than, than hearing that kind of feedback from Jose Young. So now I'm even more excited for this. Uh, but hey, everybody who has stuck with us all year, we appreciate you guys so much. As we said, this is the last preview show of the year. It's no, really not technically, year. not technically. We do have a preview show coming out in a couple hours with our boy Mike Heck and Air Hawani. You know so, what? Great point. Great point. Also, as I forgot, I forgot to mention this, guys. Did you guys know the next UFC fight night, Giga Chikazi versus Calvin Cater, is the 200th fight night in UFC history? Look at that. That's a, nu- that's a number. Two zero zero. <laughs> that is the number. That is not. That is not a prime number. <laughs> These are the type of fun facts you come to the MMA fighting preview shows for. Uh, we love you guys so much. Thanks to everyone who tuned in this year, uh, today, all of it, and made us a part of your day, made us a part of your year, all of it. Thank you. We can't thank you enough. That man to my left is Jose Youngs. Man to my right, he is the best producer in the business. Ek Slayton. I am Sean O'Shaughnessy. We have got lots more coming to you this weekend. As Casey said, Mike Hex out there in Tampa with our boy Ariel. We got fights out in Vegas. Final card of the year. So much going on. We love you guys. Have a great rest of your day. Have a happy holidays. Keep it locked to MMA fighting, and we'll see you soon. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.